Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Ride with Chris Harris Jr. and Patrick Chioti. Today, we are blessed with another special guest. This, this guest, Chris, this is a guy that you played with for a few years. You guys won a championship together. You know, Super Bowl 50 champ. 129 career tackles, 23 career pass breakups, over a thousand special team snaps, Denver Broncos, Super Bowl 50 champion, special teams captain, Kay Von Webster. Kay Webb, thank you for joining us today. It's so good to see you. Appreciate Broncos y'all, country man, for having me. Absolutely loves you. I'm doing very great right now, man. I can't complain. You know, a lot of things are going on in my life that I'm happy about. Um and I'm just grateful to, you know, be here talking to my boy, Chris. You know, we used to sit together in meetings every day. Uh, yep. Just getting a lot of game yes, about, you know, being a professional. Yes, sir. That's what cool. it's all about. Chris, good to see you, man. How are you doing? Doing good, man. It's a lot of news going on. And it's good to have uh, our second guest, man, BK Webb, and be able to just, you know, talk about, you know, our past success and what he's doing now in his life and uh, just, you know, just how he's been able to transform into the businessman that he is and being successful yeah. at doing it. So let's, yeah. I'm excited about this uh, this show for, for today. Yeah, a lot of Broncos fans on Twitter that follow UK Web, they might know <clears throat> a little bit about your uh, life after the NFL. You are probably one mm-hmm. of the hardest working guys. I, I mean, I've been a, a big fan of yours since your playing days, big fan of yours after your playing days. You're probably one of the hardest working dudes uh, that, that I've seen. So big kudos to you. Uh, let's get into some Broncos news really quick. Uh, it is cut day for the Broncos. They do have to get down to that 53-man roster uh, by the deadline today. They started off the day by trading for a kicker. The Broncos traded a seventh-round pick to the New Orleans Saints for kicker Will Lutz. He's reunited with uh, head coach Sean Payton. Uh, mm-hmm. Other Tom notable Payton. cuts for the Broncos. Yeah, the uh, other notable cuts for the Broncos. They did waive quarterback Ben DiNucci. They waived wide receiver Kendall Hinton. They waived wide receiver Montrell Washington. Those guys can be expected to be back onto the practice squad. Uh, some of the other cuts, though, tight end Albert Okwebenam. He got released. He had a big showing against the Rams. That's a shocker. Uh, Yeah, it it was a shocker. Uh, Broncos are are pretty deep at tight end right now. Blocking was one of those things that kind of came into play for Alberto, uh, even though he had a huge game, over uh, seven catches, over 100 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Aaron Patrick was another shocking cut to me. Uh, That's a guy who's a, a good special teamer rotational uh, edge rusher and then Delonte hood the cornerback this cornerback room isn't that deep this was a guy who's young he's playing he's playing really well during the preseason good special teamer as well he got cut i would expect to see him back um but Kayvon, I, I wanted to get your i want to get you and chris's thoughts you know after hearing some of these cuts how confident are you now uh, about the broncos after some of these guys have been let go I think it's um, – I'm confident that they're definitely going to still be having their eyes out around this waiver round. So, you know, looking for receivers um, that's going to be let go. Um, probably some DBs, some vet DBs that are going to probably be let go. 
um, seeing that Williams is hurt and have to yeah. have ankle surgery. Uh, so they're going to have their eyes around. I would say they probably got their 48 players locked in, you know, and they probably got five spots that they're probably going to be looking at to see if they can uh, upgrade that around the league. Yeah. Kevon, what about you? How confident are you feeling now? Um, like Chris said, you know, I, I feel like, you know, they have their core base together. Uh, they do have a few little positions they do mm-hmm. need to fill. Um, I believe in Sean Payton. I was able to be a part of uh, the Saints for a preseason uh, with Sean Payton. And, you know, I believe that, you know, he is in line to take the Broncos back to where they need to be just one day at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just got to take everything one day at a time in the NFL. Yeah, you can't win every game in one week. But, uh, K-Webb, I, I wanted to ask you, you know, what's your best case scenario for the Broncos in 2023? Obviously, the Super Bowl is the end game, but mm-hmm. for everything that happened last season and then the the pieces that are still around, some of the question marks, what do you consider the best case scenario is for this team in 2023? Uh, I'm looking at the I'm looking at them being over 500 um in my opinion. You know, uh, yeah, especially yeah. with, you know, the leadership that they have in the head coach and, you know, him getting pieces with Will Lutz coming over. He has chemistry with the kickers. So we're looking at the special teams game uh, being improved by a kicker. Uh, as far as the offense, mm-hmm. you know, we're looking to see Russell Wilson uh, be back to himself with getting a Sean Payton. Sean Payton yeah. had Drew Brees before. So, you know, he has another great guy and Russell Wilson. So we're just looking for uh, the Broncos to be more energetic this time around than they were last. Yeah. Chris, what do you think? What's the what's the best case scenario for the Broncos in 2023 after uh, cut day? Yeah. Well, definitely they got to try to finish in those first two uh, spots in the division. I think yeah. every year when you go in the season, you always try to want to – how can we win the division? And Because that kind of locks you into the playoffs. And now that they've added more teams to the playoffs, you know – you are more you could possibly have three or two teams from each division try to might get in. So I would say if I'm the Broncos, I'm, I want to be in that top two. I got to figure out a way to get over the Chargers. Usually yep. the Chiefs might be a lot. So you're really yep. competing versus the Chargers and the Raiders to try to get that second spot. So that's that would be my goal right now. Uh, and then, like Kayvon said, we expect Russell to play better. Yep. Uh, but it's hard to play better when we don't have all our weapons. You yeah. know, we're a team that we need all our guys. Uh, we need Judy to come back healthy, killing. And, yeah. uh, you know, Cortland now, Cortland got to be Megatron for yeah. for the next couple of weeks until uh, we can able to get uh, all our guys back. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. And like you said, K1 Williams, he is getting surgery on his ankle. He's probably going to be out for about six to eight weeks. So that that's yeah, a that's huge a nickel loss. Corner? For the Broncos defense, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. okay. That's that's the guy from uh yep. San Francisco. He came from San Francisco. Yeah, yep, yep. yeah. Okay, free yeah, big like, free like agent signing. Team. He was, he. I mean, he is a big part of that defense last year, and and mm-hmm. really the last two years, he's been one of those dudes that's like, he's he's really been overlooked all across the league, and it, probably one of the more the nickel, the nickel position for the Broncos is like. One of the key pieces to the defense, you know, because um, you involved in both the yeah. run game and the pass game. Um, you that missing piece. So, yeah, we're looking yeah. forward mm-hmm. to getting him back. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. I mean, saying Bassey is going to have to step up in a big way. He stepped up in preseason. It's good to see a guy who, uh, undrafted and then, you know, played well, dealt with some injuries, uh, left, went and played for the chargers. And now he's back. It's good to see him kind of progress within his career and become a better player, but need him to step up in the, in the regular season, not just in, in those preseason moments, but Kayvon, we have you on the show. This is this show is going to be about you. It's going to be about you and Chris and the Denver Broncos. So I want to get I want to get right into this. Uh, I got some questions about your time in Denver and, and Chris. We can go back and forth because I know you got some questions too. Um, mm-hmm. Kayvon, you were probably one of the most influential, impact impactful players for the Broncos during your stretch uh, with the team. As a key player on both defense and special teams, which role did you feel had a bigger impact during your time in Denver? Um, I think they kind of went hand in hand, uh, defense and mm-hmm. uh, uh, special teams, for the simple fact that you know I was a player away from being on the defense, and then you know mm-hmm. with special teams they was looking at me as a leader, so you know I just had to be, I had to be available on all ends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I dig that. Yeah. Being able to, uh, you know, we always was one injury away. Uh, it was just, you know, we had a lot of DBs. We had so much depth. You'll never have yeah. a team with some, uh, the corners that we had, you know, all on one team. Never. Because K could definitely, K was a starter on uh, 20 other teams, you know, yeah. <laughs> during our Easy. time. So it was always, we needed, you needed guys. We needed him to be able to be an impact player. Uh, on everywhere that we asked him to be, and he was able to do that for us. So uh, it was key on our special teams, man, because we didn't we didn't put too much points up on the board. So we needed, you know, Brute, those guys, K. Web, yeah. those guys as impact players, you know, that can change the game in other positions. So uh, those are very meaningful for help us win the Super Bowl. Yeah, it definitely uh, it definitely made the biggest impact on special teams. Um, yeah. Kay, who who were some of the players um, or coaches during your time in Denver that kind of mentored you along the way in the NFL? Uh, I, I wouldn't say I had any coaches really mentor me. It was mostly players. You know, um, I hung around, you know, when I first got there, Champ Bailey and DRC were some of the guys that I was looking up to. Yeah. And then, you know, me and Chris were, we used to sit together every meeting. So, you know, Chris was a part of that crew. Uh, the whole time I was there, you know, just working on patterns for the game, getting better at being a nickelback and getting better at, you know, just being an overall better defensive player uh, my first year. So moving forward from that, it would it would have been uh, a key to leave and um, TJ Ward and then, you know, Vaughn, Vaughn and, and Demarius. Yeah. And then, you know, we had Peyton Manny that was just showing us how to be a professional. So. Um, I was pretty much locked into all of the veteran guys that we had when I was there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Chris, you got a question for, you got a question for Kay? Yeah. Um, going now, transferring until, to your afterlife, after football life, how'd you make it such a smooth transition compared to a lot of guys, you know, they struggle um, finding their niche after the NFL or after their career. Great question. So I think I think for me it was an easier transition for me because uh, 
no one really knows what happened behind the scenes, you know, being in Colorado, being, a, being in the L.A. Rams and being at, you know, Houston Texans. There were a lot of things that happened, you know, with upper management that made me realize, like, you know, football is not for long. And then I have to, mm-hmm. while these checks are coming in, I need to figure out, you know, my identity outside of the game. Because if I get locked in with these upper guys in, the, in management, you know, I could be I could be lost. And so I never wanted to be lost. I think my second year in the NFL, you know, I had a situation with the Broncos that I won't um, discuss right now, but it was a come to Jesus moment. It was a come to life moment. Like, hey, the game can be taken away from you, you know, right now. And you don't have no backup plan. So you need to focus up and, you know, make this team and give it all you got while focusing on, other things outside of the game and you know I was always uh investing into my body um I had a guy coming from Colorado Spring uh working on me during the week during the weekends we 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 were such of a close team that you know whenever we had you know extra work to get done you know we'll mention it to each other you know Chris had the the guy coming by stretching us Mm -hmm. and you know we had he gave us these little energy boosters for the game Peyton had flew in some doctors you know Mm -hmm. if you know, we needed to get better in certain places. Mm-hmm. And I just think, you know, just being a professional uh, in the NFL, it prepared me for my life after football because I would have to take this same approach to the life after football because I no longer play. Yeah. Uh, that's So the answer is if you're a professional in your your profession, right, You usually that usually transforms to your afterlife. Right. If you're taking care of business on the right. field, sure, sure. usually you might you should be able to have a smoother transfer transfer into your after football. So that's a that's a great answer. For sure. Yeah. So like it's that. like oh. it's like the things that I learned, the things that I learned um being being in Denver and you know, watching Peyton and watching DT, watching Chris, watching the mm-hmm. watching Vaughn, um, watching Terrence Knighton. And, you know, watching yeah. just watching a yeah. bunch of the veteran guys, you know, they 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 were able to uh, I, w- I was able to steal a couple of things from them to help me better myself outside of the game, which was like, you know, being more accountable, um, being responsible for the things that I do, um, my time management and what I worked yeah. on, um, just retaining a lot of information. Oh. oh, man, it's getting good. You went out a little bit you say? at the time management. Yeah. So learning like time management and, and just learning a lot of information that can help me not only be a better football player, but a better human being, you know, and that's what it was about for me, you know, gaining these right. relationships, uh, being a part of the Denver Broncos organization. It wasn't it wasn't necessary. It was all football. But when we didn't have to be football, mm-hmm. you know, there was a lot of other conversations happening on how we going to, you know, sustain this you know because this is not for long right. and um yeah. i think the first conversation i ever had about something outside of football was with champ bailey uh mm-hmm. when i first got drafted you know i had heard like champ was my favorite player i had heard a lot of things about him doing business outside of the game of football you know he had a he had a trucking company and you know my i had a family member who had a trucking company but i felt closer to champ because i was in the locker room with him all the time and so, like, if I had a question about, right. mm-hmm. you know, what he was doing outside of the game of football, 
he wouldn't hesitate to tell me. And then, you know, um, you, your quality of life depends on the questions that you ask. And so yeah. a lot of the questions right. that I asked was pertaining to life outside of the game, you know, because I'm in the game right now. I don't need to ask questions about the game. Like, we getting this information every day when we go to meetings, you know. Yeah. I'm getting information mm-hmm. every day I sit next to Chris on what he's looking at as far as formations. You know, uh, Chris put me in contact when I was a rookie with it, uh, trainer, uh, real truth, mm-hmm. Ronnie Braxman. He lives out in uh, Texas. And so even though, you know, when I was away from the facility, I wouldn't probably be in Texas getting life skill management, um, learning mm-hmm. things about things outside of the game while training for the game, you know? And That's so incredible. those things prepare right. me for my life outside of football. Wow. That, right. That's that's impactful, man. That I feel like every I feel like every football player needs to to really take a, a good hard listen at that because that was probably some of the the most honest and and real I mean I'm just gonna say the most real yeah. shit that you could ever hear from an NFL player because NFL stands for not for long and you gotta be able to to make your life after the league. Um and you've definitely managed to do that. So, um, Kay, I, I wanted to ask you, you know, you, you were named a team captain um, and, and you were one of the captains that were that was out there for the Super Bowl 50 coin toss. And that picture that I posted on Twitter, there's a, a lot of talent in that picture. Um, what did it mean for you to be named a team captain? Um, what did it do for me? Uh, it just gave me like more responsibility that I had other players looking at me, um, to do my job and to be accountable. Uh, so the thing that I learned, you know, that I try to apply to my everyday life is, you know, what is my purpose for doing things? Um, what is my Mm -hmm. assignment? You know, what is my alignment? And then, you know, what is my technique to to accomplish these things? You know, you just transition those things that you learn, you know, from being in meetings rooms with, you know, uh, Keeb or Chris or a Joe Woods or Corey Underland. Yeah. You know, you look at those things and you're like, how do I apply what they're telling me in meetings into my everyday life? And so, you know, that's how I was able to transition. And so being a yeah. team, being a captain, it was kind of like, it was like a surreal moment, like I said, because when I was a second year player i had a i had a come to jesus moment where i could not have been playing nfl football again you know i could have just been one and done um but you know i was blessed to be able to make up and and, you know um put that into my grind and you know it paid off you know coach kubiak has started naming me team captain uh maybe before the super bowl even happened you know i think i went to maybe about four or five corn tosses um, before the Super Bowl, and you know the Super Bowl was only right because of the run that I had went on, like during the playoffs, you know, getting forced fumbles, um, yeah. tackling people inside the twenty, downing the ball inside the twenty, changing yeah. the game for the defense to be able to come out and dominate. You know, uh, just like the Super Bowl, you know, you know, yeah. get that first tackle on Terry again, tackle him inside of the twenty. You know, defense comes out. Guess what they do? They get a forced fumble, and you know, we get our first touchdown. Or, well, I want to say, was it the first touchdown or the second touchdown? Uh, if that's the Von Sack, that's Malik. The- Malik was the first touchdown of the game. Yeah. 
Malik Jackson was yeah. the first touchdown. And so, you know, that came after, you know, tackling Ted again inside of the 20, you know, giving the defense good field position. And so yeah. I always took pride and just being that special teams guy that can help the defense out and change the field. Tough. It was tough for me to be able to, you know, take the back seat of playing on defense, which, you know, everybody wanted to play. Um, but you know, I did some things yeah. in my mm-hmm. in my second year that that stopped me from being the uh, the full time player that I could have been. But it all paid off because you know we was able to win the Super Bowl from being selfish. Uh, I wasn't selfish, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever my team asked yeah. of me, you know, I did it with a hundred percent. Yeah, being that team captain, it it means that you're selfless. You're you're not thinking about just yourself. You're thinking about all all the other 52 guys that are on that roster as well. For sure, uh, all, for sure. all of you coming together for one goal, one objective. And man, it, yeah, you, that tackle on Ted Ginn, arguably one of the, the better return guys in NFL history in NFL playoff history. And you were able to get him for a one yard loss, set the defense up for one of the most mm-hmm. iconic tough touchdowns in Super Bowl history. Yeah, people don't that, talk about that's because that enough, of you. That's a cool, that's a though, big you know, result. My team, so my team, my team know you know what I was able to bring. So you know that that helps me sleep at night. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. you still you still got yeah. that ring. You still got that ring. People you know uh, that still got that ring. I got two plays. I think I always remember with K Webb. Go, oh, go for it. Yeah. Oh yeah, I got two questions I had with uh, K Webb or two uh, game game highlights. I remember. I'll never forget K Webb. We was playing the Raiders. He smacked. Uh, I think I don't know who it was. He smacked the dude so hard, that man. That was Jennings. Dude, like, started crying out there on the field. <laughs> no, yeah. that was Greg. That was Greg Jennings. I'll never forget Greg. that one. We was playing cover eight. Greg yeah, Jennings. Oh. Yeah, I got man. two. I ain't gonna lie. I used to get two. Yeah. I used to always hit. I always used to hit a Raiders player like super hard. I don't know why. It just like. I always got those moments when I was a rookie. <laughs> when I was a rookie, we played uh, we played the Raiders. We played the Raiders a night game in Denver. I was a rookie. I ain't never forget this. Corey Underland and Jack Del Rio, they put this play in where you jam number 17. You act like you're going with him because he's going to do a double move anyway. Like So you act like you're going to go with him, and you turn around, and you got the flat. Yeah. So they did the play or whatever, and – like, behold, Rashad Jennings, he coming out of the backfield. They throwing him a pass, and I just, like, take off full speed. And I was just like, he getting everything. Like, he getting everything. And so, you know, when I – it was crazy to hear the whole – you know, it was crazy to hear the whole stadium be like, ooh, like. <laughs> Thank you so much, Kayvon, for coming on. I appreciate you. I know Broncos country appreciates you. Uh, make sure that you're – Subscribe to this podcast on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. Go follow us on Twitter at Chris Harris Jr., at Patrick Chioti, at Believe Network. And make sure that you're following Kayvon Webster on Twitter, at Kayvon Webster. Broncos country, until next time, let's ride. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.